Hello and welcome to Cocktails, Mocktails, and Crime. We're your hosts, Jill, Gracia, Dave, Don, and Steve. And today we're going to be talking about Jolly Jane, a story that Steve's bringing us from the way back machine, I think. But before we do that, Gracia, do you want to talk to us about the drink of the week? Yes, we were looking for a cocktail uh, based on like hospitals and a nurse, so I found in Scrubs Magazine a night shift cocktail. Um, it is raspberry vodka, sour apple pucker, Red Bull, and pomegranate. It's supposed to be a shot, but we made it into a drink by adding some cranberry lime seltzer. So does this mean nurses in the night shift are drinking? Uh, Got to keep going, right? Most likely. Yeah, I guess. Do the patients they deal with. <laughs> <laughs> nurses, little helper. So what does everybody think about the drink? Do you like it? It's oh. super sweet. <laughs> oh, don't all speak at once. <laughs> I know. Right? Everyone's just looking on the table like they hate the drink. Yeah, they threw up on the it. table. <laughs> I think it's tasty. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that the um, soda water definitely like thins it out a little bit. Uh, Red Bull is a distinct taste, so if you are not a Red Bull oh. fan, you are not going to like this. So it does have that Smarties Red Bull flavor. I think it's good. I don't know that I would make it and be like, hey, let's go out back and do some night shifts. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's tasty. I'll finish this one and definitely probably the half one on the table if I had to. Fair. Uh, I say make two buckets of that. We'll head out on the deck and just see how long it lasts. <laughs> you oh, got it. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, and before we get into the story, uh, we've gotten some positive feedback on Jill's rant of the week. So I'm going to do another one. I'm going to slightly rebrand it to be like Jill's the fuck of the week just so you have it um however this week it's because my what the fuck of the week is about a um, 13 year old girl who was a cheerleader in my gym and lately a 25 year old man has taken an interest in her snapchatting following her um, showing up at places he shouldn't be uh, he's been told multiple times by her parents by his employer even to stay away from this girl but he doesn't stay away from the girl so the mom goes to the court to try to get an order, a restraining order, a protection order, basically, to, to have mm -hmm. him stop following yeah. her 13-year-old daughter, 13 -year -old daughter around. And she can't. Basically, what the court said to her was, you're being great. You're a really good, vigilant mom. We're really proud of you. However, until he touches her, there's nothing we can do to protect her. And that is like, what the fuck, right? Because why are we waiting for people to get hurt you know and this certainly isn't the f the first time this has happened this happens when couples break up a lot of times you know and the guy keeps following the woman but until he does something threatening or causes some kind of harm we don't do anything about it and a lot of times we know that that's too late so that is my what the fuck of the week yeah he's, he's touching her psychologically I mean, if he's showing up and she's seeing him and going like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, intimidation is definitely, I mean, it's it's sometimes worse than somebody just touching me. It's like, what do I do to get this person away from me? Right. You well, know? also, and she's 13 and he's 25, so yeah. she may not even look at it like she's being intimidated, but her mother is like, oh, hell no, you know? So, but you don't know what, what does this 25-year-old have to do with a 13-year-old girl? You know, and I, hope, I hope she has uncles. Yeah, or a yeah. father. I, yeah. I wouldn't fault a father for getting involved at this point. Yeah, I guess. You know. It's fucking crazy, though, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like, we're just not a proactive society, I guess. So, anyway, that's my what the fuck of the week. <laughs> All right, so, Steve, do you want to kick us off? Uh, <clears throat> sure. So, talking about Jolly Jane, and that was not actually her real name. 
She was uh, born on March 31st, 1857 as Honora Kelly, and she was a daughter of Irish immigrants back in the day, and uh, she lived in um, uh, Lowell, Massachusetts, and her mother passed away when she was probably one years old or so. Her mother died of tuberculosis, which was a big thing back then, as uh, Don, you mentioned in the story you did, mm-hmm. um, where the whole consumption thing was going on. Yeah, so. the vampires yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, she, she she was left with her father and uh, two other, um, two other uh, sisters, and her father, Peter Kelly, was a well-known abusive alcoholic, um, and he was sort of nicknamed... Peter the Crack, um, you know, as in, as in uh, crackpot kind of kind of thing. So, and yeah, he, this is pre-crackhead. Right? Yeah. So before yeah. crack was yeah. like ahead of his time. So, ahead of his time. So th- this guy. I wasn't sure if he was like I a can plumber. Act like yeah. Before crack comes out. <laughs> yeah, this guy was pretty bad. He, you know, he. He, he was not a father, um, and he couldn't handle taking care of the kids after the mother died. Um, so the kids moved to um, gram- the grandmother's house, and grandmother could not really take care of the kids. So she, she shipped them out to um, the Boston Female Asylum. And this was sort of... Um, I don't want to call it a school, but um, a place where young girls would go um, and they would try to find families for them, but yet they were also um, girls that came from, like, bad situations and stuff. You know, in those days, uh, not to interrupt you, Steve, but if, if a man said his wife was hysterical, she would end up in a place like that. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to prove it either. Mm-hmm. you got to remember... Um, Abraham Lincoln's wife ended up in an asylum just on the say-so of her son. took her a while to get out, too. So, I'm sorry, go ahead. That still happens today. Free Britney. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Can we pause it here? All right. So, Honora was with her uh, sister, um, Delia uh, Josephine. Um, Honora, at this point, was six years old. Her sister was eight, um, spending time in the asylum um and about a year later um honora was placed as an indentured servant in the home of miss ann toppin of lowell massachusetts and miss miss ann toppin was a widow um so she took on a couple foster kids from that place um and Jane, uh, well, Ke- Steve, oh, I'm, I'm not sorry either, but I got, <laughs> I, I got a question for you. How how did she become an indentured servant? Indentured servant means I owe you money, so I'm going to have to serve you for a period of time. She was just a child. How did yep. that work? Well, I'm not sure, but um, <laughs> maybe it was, was for like room and board or something. Maybe she yeah, like, oh yeah, yeah exchange for something. Yeah, yeah like orphany. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. It does sound yeah. like that place that you mentioned. It sounds like a pretty extreme title, but it, yeah. more or less an orphanage. Those yeah. places were nightmares. Yeah. yeah. There was yeah. a very famous woman, uh, a female reporter, who actually got herself put in one of those places. And wrote a series of articles exposing what was going on in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. It was pretty bad. Didn't they do an American Horror Story yes, based on that Society lady? Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. A good one. I like that one. Yeah, yeah, 
The first and second seasons of those, and the one where they did the um, cult there that was like based on. Oh, we just started that one. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Continue, Steve. (laughs) This is on you, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Never gonna finish at this. I was trying to fix the situation. Okay. Well, (laughs) you fixed it. (laughs) (laughs) So. Kenora at this time uh, never she was never formally adopted by Anne and um, she eventually became known as Jane Toppin because of the whole you know the Honora Kelly was sort of an Irish name and back then Irish immigrants were kind of like Mexicans nowadays you know they were seen as a you know subclass or that kind of thing so uh, Miss Anne wanted her name changed and and so Nora picked a uh, name Jane Jane Toppin um, and, and took the family's name. Um, now, during the time during the stay at uh, Miss Anne's house, Jane excelled uh, in school, but things were not well between her and Miss Anne. Um, Anne was very a very strict woman in the house. She treated Jane basically just like a servant and not like uh, one of her daughters um, so because of um, because of that kind of abuse Jane was uh, getting from Anne um, she developed this jealousy for her foster sister Elizabeth um, where Elizabeth would get all the praise from Anne um, and all the you know adulation and affection and Jane never experienced that, and there was this extreme jealousy towards Elizabeth for that. Was there? I'm sorry, this is going to be a wicked rude question. But oh, please don't say you're sorry. You're right. Yeah, Take you it back. Like I'm not even a little bit. Like, no, 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 like no, 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 no. I got something to say. Listen up, motherfuckers. <laughs> I've got a question for you. <laughs> Um, was she ugly and like her sisters yeah. were pretty? Because sometimes that happened, right? Yeah, and you know, th- everything I've read, and people would always bring those sort of descriptors in there, but I never wanted to go that way. Um, yeah, she was, she had a round face and she was portly and she, she was, was ugly. A little fatty. Yeah. Ugly. An ugly. I saw the picture. Fat, yeah. portly person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that doesn't excuse the fact that she was. <laughs> no, it doesn't excuse it. But back in the day, though, they right because it was important to marry girls off. So if yes. a girl was considered yeah. like, you know, ugly or mm-hmm. unable to make a love match or something like that, then they were treated poorly as a result of their physical. Appearance. So at this point, from what Steve says, this is a, a young girl that's been abandoned, orphaned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, degraded. Yeah. All these abusive things done to her. Yep. And she's not that old at this point. No. For all this no. to happen, she's still all her young. formative years. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is going yeah. up until she's eighteen. Yeah. But and a I, lot of kids are fat at that age because your body is like getting used to it. So even if she right. was portly, like. Michael always oh, says that he used to be fat as a kid. I did never think he was fat. Oh, like, Alex used to be a fat baby. He says it all the time. I was so fat in middle school. I'm like, what? You were not. 
not, yeah. but their bodies are growing. So yeah. you know, she could have been yeah. going through that stage. You but know? Lizzie but Borden, she was ugly too, wasn't she? And she had a problem. I mean, with that. what are you it's saying? Definitely. <laughs> um, ugly a hundred years ago. Yeah, I mean that that there is that like what was considered ugly back then is a little bit different. Like having full teeth was a very big thing back then. But and that sounds gross, but you did not have good dental hygienes back then. So, you know, you could even have things like that, but um David <laughs> front teeth missing. Well, that's great for kissing. <laughs> Okay. There's a song about yeah, but this. that was in the 1960s. We're talking about the 1860s. <laughs> you was beat with the ugly stick. Yeah, I mean, so, but, I mean, yeah, if you were 30 and unmarried, they would call you an old maid or a spinster back in those days um, if you were a female. Um, so, yep. I mean, but, you know, not to get too off the beaten track, there's a lot of thoughts that, you know, Andrew chased away potential suitors um, for Lizzie. There's not a lot of concrete proof that that happened, but, because um, they were both from money, so you would have expected at least somebody being like, you know, I, 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 I want some it. money. Yeah, she's not like... You know, you can look directly at her. I mean, it's She's not your sugar like, mama. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, can look directly yeah. at her. Oh, my God. Her. Well, <laughs> not for long, though. You know. what, what? Just close your eyes. Steve. And not what? before lunch. Steve, would you like to interrupt? <laughs> yeah, yeah who's, who's presenting this? And are you sorry? <laughs> so what's interesting is, you know, during these formal years, like, she... Uh, she was this outgoing person, and she was very charming, and she was um, very, very happy kid, and very did well in school. So, none of this sort of presented itself towards the outside. Um, but one thing that people noticed, which she she would like to tell, like uh, white lies or tales or stories, um, she would often say how her dad was this. Um, uh, dad, <laughs> like. No, I'm listening. No, I know. You're like putting the wine bottle. You're pouring wine. Did like I just right trigger your dad? You triggered him all right. Microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess it's true this what they say about freaky. snowflakes. <laughs> I was just gonna oh. <laughs> oh, I feel like his trigger just... Let's, let's go snowflake out. <laughs> I was just going to say on martinis and murders, they make sure when they make a new martini, they shake it into the thing just because people don't think that's they're why actually I do drinking. That. Yeah, that's oh, why. Oh, okay. So, I mean... It, I'm sorry, Steve. Really, I, I'm you, from the bottom of my we heart... We don't apologize here. And oh. on the drinking, Craig has already finished his drink, so he obviously wow. enjoyed it. I am remorseful. That's pretty cool. It, it is good. I it like is it. good. I think once you get past the sweetness right away... Oh, it's, it's I, don't, I don't find it that sweet. I am not oh, worthy. So how far into this are we? <laughs> like, two seconds in. We're, we're like one minute in. We have She's like seven. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> she's just entering mid-grade school. <laughs> she's happy and she's done well in school. And she and lived to be 100 and what? <laughs> she's probably eating good. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Like, no, at this time, she she's a well-adjusted kid. It's just... Uh, you can start seeing things coming out of her with, you know, the stories she's telling and um, they're not really true, but her, her dad being this rich, wealthy, um, what-to-do person kind of thing. But he's get, getting to her dad, um, he, he was later found um, 
attempting to sew his eyelids shut. Because uh, <laughs> wait, he, wait, wait, go wait, back. wait. Um, I guess when you're saying dad, see, do you mean her biological dad or yeah. her? No, okay. she, she didn't have a foster dad. Well, she was in indentured service. I thought you might have been talking about that. Yeah, but the that. woman that she was indentured to was a widow, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I missed that. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, so another apology. <laughs> I can't help it. It's just my nature. Steve says that makes you a snowflake. <laughs> I know. I know. Stop trying to push it. Mm. You started it, my friend. <laughs> All right. So it, this so, is her. I did read that about her biological dad. This is her biological dad yeah. trying to. But I didn't think he was wealthy. Was he wealthy? You said he was wealthy. No, that's, that's through me. That's the story she told kids, and at the uh, you know, so she, she would was, tell lies. She that's was a lie. Yeah. Story. Yeah, yeah, she was. Okay, yeah. confabulating. Yeah. Yeah. So why did he do that? Was it because she was so ugly? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, he he was an alcoholic and he had uh, mental issues. Um, yeah, and no. Okay. Well, Dad's an alcoholic with mental issues, and he's never tried to do that. <laughs> but Not is he that. a? Yeah, but nowadays we have better meds. <laughs> And plus, he's not a tailor like this guy. So he didn't have the resources. To Everybody seen my Prozac? <laughs> because of his trade, this didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, Van Gogh cut off his own ear. True. <laughs> so. Jane, um, as she turned 18 and into her 20s, um, you know, unlike other women at her time, Jane never married. Um, she saw her sister Elizabeth um, start to get involved with somebody where the jealousy has grown because she was still stuck uh, serving Anne, um, even though she started getting paid for her work. Um, so when she was old enough, she graduated to being a housekeeper rather than, you know, and she was getting paid uh, to do that, but she was still in service to Anne. Um, so at age 26, uh, Jane began training to be a nurse at the Cambridge Hospital in Boston. Mm. And uh, nursing was basically not what it, what it is today. Um, while they had to train for two years, the same as today kind of thing. They, their training was more hands-on. Um, the young nurses would live together, work seven days a week, long hours, like 12 hours days. Um, each nurse would care for about 50 patients on a shift, and they earned uh, a mere $7 a week. Yeah, and their personal life was very controlled, right, Steve? Yeah. Yeah. It was grueling work, and that included cooking meals, scrubbing floors, um, but Jane seemed to thrive in that kind of environment, you know, given her past with Anne, she was a servant and she did a lot of that stuff and being in this. She loved the whip. Yeah. She learned to love the whip. Being in this, um. <laughs> no comments on that. Keep going, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Take a drink, everyone. <laughs> being in the nursing environment, she thrived and she took everything in strive in stride <laughs> that was not the right word um you just had a she, sip she would put on a happy smile as she cared for her patients um and she would often joke around with the patients and you know given her um i don't know talents to tell stories she would um make pe patients feel better by telling these fantasized stories and 
Um, she was not well known at the time um, during her training as Jolly Jane because of the portliness and the um, the sort of you know the way she dealt with patients. She's like Santa Claus. Yeah. Did she have a mustache? No, no, no. no. She was Irish, so. Beard. Yeah. Well, she could have been Italian or. No, he said she was Irish. Oh, did he? Yeah. I should pay attention. So, uh, g- given <laughs> given uh, that you know everyone was looking highly at her and or thinking highly of her, <clears throat> she was actually an angel of death whose mission to kill as many people as possible. Um, had she not had the fatal mistake of wiping out the entire family later on, um, she might never have been caught. So we'll we'll go through her escapades as a killer nurse. In uh, detail, please. She's in the capades. <laughs> she also loved to ice skate. Side note. Steve's a hockey player. He gets confused. Let's get the puck out of here. All right, so during this training, she was a very, um, <clears throat> let me back up a sec. Sure. I'm trying to think of the word. Oh, why don't you pause it and tell me what, what you... Should you apologize for not knowing <laughs> the word? I'm just curious. What is Which the word? word? Like we could get the dictionary, <laughs> like aardvark. We could start <laughs> guessing words. Is yeah. it breeze? Like when you're very, like, uh, excited to do something, Horny. you know. <laughs> What's that? Very excited. Oh, she's enthusiastic. Enthusiastic. All right, let's go with that one. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so during her training, she was enthusiastic about um, learning how the different drugs work, and um, while you know doctors were training the nurses on doses and medications, she was there all the time, learning as much, asking questions, and at the time, doctors. Thought it was a little strange that a nurse would pay so much attention and um, ask so many questions. Um, just Certainly moderated, like hey, asking, they're paying attention. To I know. The yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. That's a woman who wants that to know something. Don't step on the air hose. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but th- but then they they just left it as you know she's just intrigued and she she's trying to gain more knowledge so they left let it be and um but little did they know she was using this information to experiment on her patients um and often she would ouch oh, you often didn't have to hit me i'll shut up there comes the whip oh i love the whip oh, oh. well more more please thank you just don't say sorry. Can I have another, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Leather Steve. Sorry. <laughs> Again, I'm not going to bother you. <laughs> oh, Christ. Seriously, what, what time do you have to leave, Grace? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how long it takes me to get to Lincoln from here. It was about 45 minutes. Oh, good. Um, all right. So she. That's not my problem. <laughs> so during experimenting on her patients, she learned that there was two drugs that she uh, loved to use together, and that is morphine and, and atropine. Um, and she would play with those 
two drugs um, to sort of bring the patients down into like a coma-like state and then um, use the atropine to bring the patients up and get their sort of heart rate going and stuff. Um, so she'd bring patients down, bring them up, down, up, until they had finally died. Um, she got a lot of kicks out of that and and as we will see, uh, you know, got her off a couple times too. No, so. what? <laughs> right. I was about to uh, Google atropine. What, awesome. what is that for? Use I mean, for normal? Holy yeah. shit, Steve! I am not going to attempt. I feel like to. you're burying the lead here. <laughs> we we all have to have a sex life. <laughs> Go ahead, Steve. I'm not going to attempt Surprise to try us. to describe these medications. But do you know what they're used for? Like morphine's used for pain. Yeah. What is the other one used for? Do you know? Like a normal it, use? I don't uh, know. I can Google it. Atropine, you said? Yeah. I think it's more uh, to get people's hearts going or something. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So there was for the patients that she really liked, she would use this method to sort of um, keep the patients bedridden and dependent upon her, um, so that she can she can stay with them and um, and have them stay longer. Um, but for the patients she hated. She would use this method of back and forth with them until they passed away, basically torturing them. Can I tell you what it's used for real quick? Because I think sure. it is important. Well, I mean, for my visuals, it's important to me. Um, it says it can treat heart rhythm problems, stomach or bowel problems, certain types of poisoning. It increases, it decreases saliva before surgery and dilates the pupils before an eye exam. So mm. it's used for many things. Whoa. Mm. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. boy. So, you know, heart problems, stomach problems, decreases saliva. Are you going to mention the fact that she crawled in bed with these people? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Sex sorry. life. Everyone deserves one. That's how she got off, yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. <clears throat> Imagine a doctor coming in the room and seeing your nurse in bed with somebody going, oh! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Hmm. What was that movie where the lives? I want to have what she had. I was like answering a text. <laughs> I heard him like scream. <laughs> anyway, let, let, let's get to the climax. Steve, come on, Steve. <laughs> What's taking so here? long? <laughs> this sounds similar to the uh, Lizzie Borden. Yeah, it so. does. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I think you started these troubles with the don't say sorry. See, I was trying to help. I mean, I didn't think this guy would get triggered so easily. Well, then you called him a snowflake. So yeah. This is 100% on you. <laughs> but actually, the this reduced episode... saliva, I mean, that could, like, more like a dry McMuffin, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, the McMuffins suck. I hate those. <laughs> They're always Always the <laughs> Yeah, you don't need drugs. Just give those to your patients. Okay. <laughs> See how long they live. <laughs> so so in, in, in comes in a 36-year-old Amelia, um, who was lucky to survive her, her, her or, ordeal with Jane. Um, she was admitted for a bad ulcer, and Jane went off and cared for her. Um, and decided to try uh, uh, con one of these concoctions she came up with and gave her some mineral water to drink, which was laced with poison. Um, as Amelia started feeling the effects, Jane would crawl into bed with her. 
and just start stroking her body, caressing her, gazing into her eyes, almost like you're looking at someone's soul. Oh, romantic. Wow, this is kinky as hell. Yeah. Steve, you so? picked you pick this out? Is this what? Wow. Jane seemed to get off on poison her patients. <laughs> and then looking into their eyes and watching yeah. them. Who told you she was gazing into their soul, by the way? Yeah, whoa. <laughs> yeah, where are you getting this? I'm literally picturing her, like, creepily petting her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, He's been dying. reading books, He's you know? Been. He's been. Yeah. Mixing it up with the notebook. His yeah. porn. He's <laughs> <laughs> getting confused. Oh, my God. Um... Where was it? Are we R-rated yet? gazing yeah. into their souls. She was a snuggler. Got into bed, stroking her body ever so slowly. She's new, like, I want to cuddle. New meaning to spooning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. So, so as other nurses walked in, Jane quickly got up and walked out. Um... <laughs> And they didn't notice anything. They were like, oh, weird. But, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Amelia's... Like the original incel. This is all I can start. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ugly. Did you hear about the incel thing that, this week? That is so, like, ridiculous. It's like, yeah. I didn't know there was a movement of people who couldn't get laid. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's seriously. Sure, you like, did <laughs> Aren't they called <laughs> married? <laughs> no, they, these guys are bad. These guys are bad. Oh, they live yeah, in they their mother's really Basement? Yeah, they, like, they, so some one of them was plotting to go murder women in sorority houses because women oh, don't. He hit me again. God damn it. See, I look away from me and he takes a shot. Because <laughs> apparently women don't um, like this guy who probably has never used a bar of soap. Or, <laughs> <laughs> you know, these, these are the type of people who blame everybody but themselves. Oh, yeah. Right. Especially yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, I don't wash, I don't clean myself, you know. I walk up to women, hey, nice tits, you oh. know. And then I wonder why they don't like me. <laughs> Craig does that, too, but I thought that was just being Canadian. You remember anyway. that? It's compliment. You remember that guy? <laughs> Jill, your sister had a guy walk up to her in Worcester, I think it was, I telling her a joke, and he's peeing his pants while Tatnick he's doing it. Tatnick Bookstore, I think. Oh, yeah. Tatnick Bookstore, yeah. <laughs> she knows this puddle on the floor. Like, uh, so there's all kinds of, let's get off. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So em Amelia soon woke up from that and described... Yes, yeah. No. Described a weird drugged haze dream that she was having. Um, of a she, weird chick petting her face. Yeah, where yeah. she was being sexually assaulted. Got yeah, it. But yeah. Did, she figured it was some dream because of the drugs. Um, so some she didn't know what to make of it. But later on, um, as the story of Jane came out of being this serial killer, she kind of put two and two together and, uh, yep, and realized like that was her and what she was doing. Did she um, like it? No. She was okay. being sexually assaulted. But this, while she was passed out, yeah, this, hashtag me too, and this, she's writing that right this aloud. This is like the original Bill Cosby. It's that? probably where he got oh, the yeah. idea from. You know what a popper is? You know, it's a, a lot of the dominatrix like to use poppers with you so that you're... And oh, this is too much of your personal <laughs> <laughs> That's too personal. I'm sorry. I apologize. And, and, and Jane, when giving her patients these sort of experimental concoctions, um, you know, sometimes they wouldn't be able to drink anymore because they're so out of it and they, you know, they can't take it down. 
So one thing she figured out to do is um, taking uh, some of these drugs and um, sticking it up their rectum to poison them. So <laughs> oh, you just an, get an better and better. <laughs> Holy cow. story. Oh, and he wonders why we... What? Don't hit me. That's a thing. <laughs> so, yeah. I've heard uh, people do it with, like, alcohol, Nate. Yeah. Mm. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like you soak a, a tampon in vodka and yeah. then stick really? it. Really? How's that feel? And it's supposed to be like a super. I, I read it online. I've never tried this. No. Uh, <laughs> what websites are you going to? <laughs> <laughs> are you making I a note? Increase your whatever. Are you, I can't are wait to get home. Google it, guys. Google it. No, don't Google it. Use a different platform so it doesn't show up on your Facebook all the time. Greg's going to watch a YouTube video about it. Oh my god, imagine that's in your Facebook next and week. Your, yeah. Can you repeat that last part? I, upper rectum? Yep, yep. Your upper rectum? No, no. She would just <laughs> stick it up above. You had more than one. And what was it that she was sticking up there? She would lace it with morphine, uh, whatever she wow, was sticking up there. Wow, that's got to be I would just it. like to say, though, Steve, the hand gestures are not necessary. Yeah. Because <laughs> we don't know what. Well, your dad can't what is see this <laughs> Another married man, you can always say. <laughs> so to avoid any serious trouble, um, Jane, Jane uh, soon left the hospital and eventually, eventually went into private nursing. Where, where, I'll do this in your home, guys. Where, where, where the true fun began. Um, she would begin to target ones close to her. Because she was getting tired of just killing, you know, random people. Yeah. Um, yeah. She didn't really get the same. Boring. She, she's not getting a good satisfaction. So she needs someone close to her. Remotely sorry to interrupt with this, but the Another word for alcohol-soaked tampon of the rectum is butt chugging. But See, it's a fucking thing. What? That, that should be a, t- a hashtag. It's a fucking thing. <laughs> wow. Imagine if I wrote the hashtag butt chugging. We're going to get like so you many should. weird people following us. Well, no, we didn't well, well hey, <laughs> we'll have the incel movement following us. <laughs> yeah, listeners, any of you out there who do this, we would appreciate some comments. Please send a message. No, don't send me messages. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. Send video to Grace. Yeah. <laughs> She's probably already seen it, though, because those are her website. <laughs> <laughs> I think I found it. I wish I could remember now. On your but butt chugging search? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you wish you could remember. <laughs> it's like one of those things where you see like the Tide Pod things. It was one of those things they said uh-huh. kids were doing nowadays. And I was like, this is not normal. I just wonder what rabbit hole you went down to get the butt chugging. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but this was like 1906 or something? No, yeah, no, no this then. is still in the 1880s. Uh, oh, so you got to work your way up. At the, okay. So she couldn't have even Googled it. <laughs> no. No, no. She was all by herself. One, one century away. She was a pioneer. <laughs> <laughs> she was the classic butt chugger. <laughs> the OG. The OG. Uh, All right, so what's a little bit fucked up? (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, Steve, what's your focus? Hey, I'm I'm fine focusing. You're the one bringing these things up. I think it should be Steve who apologizes. I never thought I'd hear the word rex. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) I was trying to help. State of her mind. What, what was it? Um, <laughs> Perfectly normal. 
Murder was a sexual impulse for Jane, as we clearly saw. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but she also felt very calm and clear-headed when she would give a victim her fatal dose. Like a sexual release, and after it was over, she would just go to sleep. Just like a, just like a typical male. <laughs> after a cigarette, she'd have right a cigarette, there. of course. Right there. Like, I'm just oh, man, here. that was good. Was that as good for you as it was for me? It's like the she, Night Stalker that used to make himself a sandwich. Yeah. Yep. Similar. And, and after it was done, she would often just fall asleep in bed with her dead victim. So Jane was aware. What would happen when rigor would set in? Well, it sounds like she was a lesbian. Well, she she probably didn't. But the rigor mortis. But she wouldn't stay there for days. No, rigor mortis. Rigor mortis doesn't take long. Uh -uh. It depends on weather, though, right? Isn't like eight to fifteen hours? I'm just gonna say you guys are thinking way too much about it. He's like, I am telling a fucked up story. <laughs> <laughs> he, he brings it up, and yeah. then we're at and then fault. we're in trouble. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. You should apologize to us, Truly. listeners. This story is so steep. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Yeah, you have to know Steve. <laughs> Just don't be in the hospital when he comes to visit. Something else, uh, Jane was, you know, pretty much very aware of what she was doing that w- that was wrong. Um, but she had no remorse for any of her actions, as she would clearly state um, when she got uh, finally arrested for, for what she's been doing. You know, she has no regrets, no remorse for anything. Never apologize. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how many times you interrupt, you just never say you're sorry. That's right. <laughs> never. Being in love is, well... <laughs> Put this up your rectum. <laughs> you know, I haven't. Steve, had you better get alcohol. talking here because we're like gonna fill it in. <laughs> no, honestly, I'm trying to figure out how to start a sentence without saying the word so. so um. Anyways, anyways. <laughs> like start it with like butt yeah. chugger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, be the chugger. new so. <laughs> But chugger is a new um. <laughs> so to kind of set the scene, we're in like the 1880s and getting into the 1890s. And at this time, she was working at a, as a private nurse. Um, and doctors and families sought after her personal charm and professionalism. But they never <laughs> checked her references, evidently, because oh, no. oh, they were she, all dead. That was during public pri- practice. This is private now. And she got glowing reviews. Um, everyone recommended her because she was very charming, personal, and professional. Um, wait, 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 wait. So wait. She, she would care for the patients, but yet they didn't know she was poisoning them. Um, so she was still killing them. She was still killing them, right? The, the, the yeah, yeah. Okay. Just not every one. She kept a few of them alive. <laughs> yeah, because they were kinky. Yeah, but th- this was often uh, wealthy. Wealthy people would would uh, you know hire a private nurse because they could afford it, um, and uh, and have Jane stay with them. So she would often stay with the people she was caring for. Her weekly salary climbed from $7 to a whopping $25 a week. Well, that's kind of a lot yeah. back in those days. It's like McDonald's. Yeah. a lot. Three yeah. times the amount. It's a lot. You could a couple hundred. Yeah. yeah. So between 1892 and 1900, she was the most successful private nurse in Cambridge. <laughs> 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 Not 
not a high bar. <laughs> she went to Harvard. No. <laughs> at times she would. You ever take, been to Cambridge? <laughs> at times she would take her patients to the brink of death with her drugs, um, or with her drug concoctions, and then worked furiously to save them. Because um, people would see her trying to save the patients, you know, very aggressively. But yet, they didn't know what she was doing. That came up with the other angel of death mm-hmm. we were talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah, a few. There's a name for that. Munchausen um, syndrome, yeah. By proxy, Munchausen. Yeah, Munchausen. Munchausen is by proxy, yeah. 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 Hashtag yeah. butt munching. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> munching? Is that like you take like a nibble after the tampon? <laughs> you know, they just. When they became conscious, they they knew they felt a lot better. I'm glad I'm no longer in college. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? Times have changed. (laughs) (laughs) If I just slipped this in my butt, slipped up your butt. (laughs) You know, I've had that done to me, but but (laughs) no, 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 no. no. When I had my surgery for the prostate, and I woke up, a a nurse stuck something up my. And, and man, it does give you kind of a glow. It's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> what was that? Maybe. So she gave <laughs> Don's life of homosexual I'm not, I'm not kidding. <laughs> experimentation. No, when we know you're serious. I'm serious. No, it really happened. I questioned that it was a vodka soaked tampon. <laughs> <laughs> so I had three surgeries, and it only happened once, and I missed it the other two. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, hey, lady, can you get... <laughs> Where's the butt part of the surgery? <laughs> oh, I can't. Yeah. I'll, do, I'll do the colonoscopy. Anything you I want. can't even wait to post. This episode is... <laughs> Shoot, shoot. I'm in tears. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen at work. Warning. <laughs> Warning. She she was proud. She was proud and liked to show off her nursing skills in this manner. Of <laughs> she was proud. Her nursing skills. <laughs> okay. You know, so she would bring the patients back and forth and bring them from brink the brink of death. And she liked to do this to show off her nursing skills. Um, this this made her uh, herself out to be an extraordinary nurse, and this is what helped give her a lot of uh, good references and, and all that stuff. Um, she she's was posting a resume. She's yeah. <laughs> she was securing her her status as an honorable woman. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it. She yeah. Was her uniform like made it out of leather? Or <laughs> She wanted to work for the Kennedys next. Yeah. <laughs> but there, there was another side of this where there were some references that, that would call out that she would often borrow money from her patients and not really repay it. Um, some patients claim that she liked to tell little white lies. This is her story, her little stories she would tell. Um, you know, that, that kind of thing. So she was bad with money. Um, she would not pay debts. Uh, so th- this was one of the things, but but these wealthy people would look past that because given her extraordinary nurse skills, so. Extraordinary. She had butt munch and by proxy. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's just Steve. Like when you're like, she had the extraordinary nurse yeah. skills. Extraordinary. So I'm pretty you could, sure you I don't be, want you hiring my nurse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, when how would he interview Steve, your not nurse? Not you making the decision. Mm-hmm. Remind me to call Christina later. Yeah. <laughs> so she was uh, renting out a, 
a house out in Boston, and she had some runnings with her landlords. And in 1895, Israel and Lovey Dunham um, were renting out a room for, for Jane. And um, there might have been issues with the rent or money, because usually this is how things go. Um, soon she poisoned Israel, um, and the cause of death there a doctor poison? <laughs> no, no. Um, so this is going to. She, she hit it well. So this is going to start. Poison up the butt. As we're going to see with some of these victims, there's a sort of a, a pattern of you know how, you know what they were diagno diagnosed with, um, what the doctors diagnosed the the victims. Um, it's never poison. Um, so what, was it? what did they diagnose? So um, they. So she poisoned Israel, and then two years later, uh, Lovey Dunham was also poisoned by Jane's well. Um, so Jane moved on from them, um, and at this time, you know, old wounds are resurfacing, and um, she's thinking a lot about Elizabeth, uh, her foster sister, and all that sort of jealousy that that she. Um, that she had for her, and she's always wanted her life. And in 1899, Jane invited Elizabeth on vacation, or to, to vacation on the beaches of Cape Cod. Uh, she rented out a vacation cottage that belonged to Alden Davis and the Davis family. And she would often rent out the cottage from the Davis family. Um, and Elizabeth's husband at the time, Ormel, encouraged her to go. As Elizabeth, um, sorry, as, Eli as Elizabeth, Elizabeth was battling um, depression, her husband Ormel figured, you know, she needed a good cheering up, and um, she should go see Jane, and because uh, that's what they thought about mental patients back then, or m mental issues, um, like if you're go depressed, see Jolly Jane, yeah, yeah. If you're depressed, get yeah. happy, so. Um, Cheer up, try anal. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hashtag right there. <laughs> try it. I'm sorry. So wh while they were at the beach uh, hanging out, talking, they were enjoying a little bit of taffy. Um, <laughs> now tell me which, at which end each piece of that taffy was a <laughs> So as they were walking back to the cottage, um, Elizabeth started feeling dizzy and felt a little ill. Uh, so Jane quickly grabbed a, ve uh, grabbed a beverage for her uh, to help heal the pain, because Elizabeth was also feeling a little pain at the time. Um, and little did she know, it was laced with strychnine. Uh, a quote from Jane related to this is, uh, so this is directly from Jane. I held her in my I held her in my arms and watched her with delight as she gasped her last last breath out. Wow, understandable. Yeah. yeah. And the yeah. Ca the cause of death of Elizabeth was listed as a stroke. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, so as she moved on from Elizabeth. She went to see a friend of hers, Myra, 40-year-old um, Myra Connors, uh, working at St. John's Theological School in Cambridge. 
Uh, she was working as a dining matron who also had a maid of her own. Uh, she called on Jane for medical assistance, and she suffered from a localized pericolitis, which is basically inflammation of the colon. Um, doctor prescribed Myra opium to help with the pain. When Jane, when Jane arrived, jealousy started coming over her, and uh, you know, flashbacks of her back uh, with Ann Toppin and being a servant, and she's seeing Myra with uh, special perks uh, Myra had had at her job. Um, <clears throat> so having an apartment of, of her own and a maid of her own was very, very appealing to Jane. On February of 1900, Jane poisoned her. Later talked to the dean of the school indicating that Myra, wa <clears throat> that Myra wanted Jane to take her place. So she's trying to go after her life. Hmm. And um, that actually worked, and she started working uh, at the school um, in Myra's position. <coughs> but that didn't last that long. As, uh, as we know, Jane was very poor with finances, bad with money, and this job required you to be good at that. Um, she was even accused of larceny. Wow. So she left, she left that position, um, and this brings us to the summer of 1901. So in the summer of 1901 in Cape Cod, um, Jane had just finished murdering her foster sister, uh, which was a year, year earlier. Mm -hmm. um, this brings us to talking about the Alden family, or the Davis family. So Alden Davis was a prominent man in his community, a real estate owner and a hotel owner. He was ma married. He was a married man with two daughters. Jane owed this family uh, lots of money uh, from the often renting their ho their uh, cottage on the Cape. And sixty-year-old uh, <clears throat> Maddie, which is the wife of Alden, was really determined to get that money owed owed uh, paid paid out. Um, against uh, Alden's wishes, uh, Maddie hopped on a train and uh, you know boarded a train to Cambridge to meet Jane to basically settle that debt. And this debt was upwards of uh, five hundred dollars, which is nothing nowadays, but back then that it was a huge amount. A lot. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, she's making twenty-one a week, right? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 so that'd be nearly four thousand in nineteen hundreds. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good math. I like it. So as gonna trust the math, though, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's about. So if you go to eighteen ninety-three, it was about. You multiply by about seven. So. David does this all day. He looks at them. So as Maddie met Jane, uh, she was offered some mineral water. Um, as they left to the bank together to get her debt paid out, Maddie felt a sense of dizziness, um, but but was determined to get that debt paid and just continued um, walking with her to the bank, uh, but then collapsed on the ground. Um, Jane brought her back to her room and gave her another dose of morphine. Jane informed the Davis family of Maddie's illness. 31-year-old daughter Genevieve traveled to Cambridge and found Maddie unconscious. 
Uh, a doctor arrived soon after, <clears throat> and Jane already had a story in place and said that diabetic Maddie had consumed some cake and uh, sugar levels had spiked. The doctor diagnosed it as a diabetic coma. Hmm. Took her word, huh? Well, she is a private nurse, mm -hmm. pretty respected, so. All those crumbs on the anus. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Jane continued to poison Maddie for the next seven days under the doctor's nose. <laughs> now, how do you mean that? <laughs> Maddie, Maddie dies on July 2nd. Wow. Soon after, Genevieve and Jane traveled back to the Cape to mourn the loss of her mother. And, you know, Jane went along um, because Genevieve known Jane as well and saw how much she cared for her mother and wanted her to come and um, <clears throat> help out their family because Alden <clears throat> was going to be in a bad place given his wife has passed. So they saw her kind of part of the family, too. So Alden and the family appreciated Jane looking after Maddie in Cambridge and invited her to stay in a cottage rent-free. Not only did she kill his wife, now she gets to live there rent-free. Yeah. So while Jane was, was there staying with the, old, with the Davis family, um, she found a moment alone with 39-year-old uh, Minnie Gibbs who was the daughter of uh, Alden. And uh, Jane started recounting seeing Genevieve start staring at a box of insecticide. So now Jane's telling Minnie, basically one of her stories. Mm -hmm. um, and she told Minnie that, you know, grief does strange things to people. And she felt worried for Genevieve. So Minnie was at a loss of words, you know, and, and never considered her sister would ever commit suicide. Sure. Then Genevieve suddenly felt drastically ill. Even though she followed Nurse Jane's orders of a cup of mineral water a day, <laughs> she grew worse and worse and died on July 26, 1901. These were very smart people. <laughs> What was the movie Heather's where they had the minimal water? Yeah. <laughs> in the woods, right? Yeah, but this yeah. is Sherwood, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only reason you'd have mineral water. <laughs> oh, my God. So the family doctor diagnosed this death as heart disease. <laughs> He's a wicked sure. good doctor. Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. And Everybody's dropping. What the hell? <laughs> so Alden was heartbroken. You know, within a month, he lost his wife and daughter. On August 8th, a very hot day at the Cape, Jane offered Alden a refreshing glass of mineral water. <laughs> it's so, so funny, the adjective You know, juice. this would make a great comedy. <laughs> so, so, like, at this time, Alden came back from Boston, um, and, uh, you All know... refreshed. So while Jane was staying with them... For some reason, she was trying to start, like, fires in the house and stuff. Um, <laughs> For some how much yeah. does this woman have to do before somebody notices? Where were the fires? Like, randomly or, like, in a fireplace? No, like, in, in family. And, and then start spreading stories um, in, in town about, you know, maybe it's, you know... Um, 
maybe it's because parts of their house are on fire. Like, yeah. I don't know. Oh, wow. Wouldn't that make you pause? <laughs> yeah, I would normally consider it rude if a guest set my house on fire. Right. Yeah, yeah, or even well, a small area of yeah, the house. They, they, yeah, don't know, right. they don't know she's <laughs> doing it. What's happening? Somebody's doing it. <laughs> what's happening is she's spreading these rumors around town, and, you know, back in the day, people are not, like, connected like they are now. So well, I mean, I so, get rumors around town, but in your own home, Steve. No, I know. But the rumors around town is that they're Cape Cod or um, pyromaniacs going around <laughs> who are just setting fire. Butt plugs. Cape Codder pyromaniacs. Do you guys know what Mr. is? Cod Pyros. Oh man. Oh, wow. So that's where the name porno for Pyros came from. <laughs> <laughs> like were they sending wow. other fires in other places? Is that sorry, were they sending other fires in other places? Um or just at this house. No, just at one person's <laughs> house, but it was a big conspiracy. And <laughs> well, you know, if there were other areas that had it, I mean, there are a lot of beach fires, so maybe they were figuring. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm to trying to give Steve some. Her, 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 um, her thought process at this time was to burn this family down, like not literally, but like really well, it destroy. Sounds like literally, yeah. Uh, literally, <laughs> she said at a time. She wow. wanted to destroy. She likes the house, though, Jill. She's not ruining that house. Just, she wanted to destroy the family. Um, so Alden, you know, sipped the mineral water on the hot day, and the next day... <laughs> you pictured this guy in the deck the next day. His living room was on fire. My house was burning down. What is that for? <laughs> Give me a swig. It was high on work. This oh, mineral water is fucking delicious. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, uh, he passed away. Oh, that's And the sad. family doctor diagnosed his, uh, death as a severe cerebral hemorrhage. <laughs> Oh, I want the name of this stuff. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not going to attempt to be a doctor, you know, act like a, I know anything about... Um, You're not a medical don't professional. Don't worry. Medical professional, but, um, you know, these <laughs> drugs that she was... usually when like three people in the same house die and there's somebody lighting it on fire, <laughs> and that's because a little more suspicious. Unless you're a doctor from Vermont. Maybe yeah. it's like a thing, right? Like cops, Fall River. doctors. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is close to Fall River. Yeah. 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 Nothing wrong here. <laughs> Nothing to see here, guys. Nothing to see here. Wow. But the, the symptoms of these drugs um, were symptoms like, like, you know, cerebral hemorrhage or... Or diabetic coma, you know, the the symptoms resemble other things. Yeah. No one's going to automatically see, think they're poison. not supposed to be taking these drugs. So where did the doctor think they got these conditions? No, they they don't know they, that they there's drugs in their system. Toxicology so the, report. Yeah, so they're not doing the toxicology. Right. But doesn't it seem coincidental to the doctor that no, yeah. all these people <laughs> all these people yet. are dying and parts of their home is bursting burning? Well, so, uh, some of these uh, well, some the third death, Jill. Like I feel like <laughs> no, no. six or seven. So it would Al- kick in. Alden was in his seventies um, and had had health issues. The, one of the daughters that died also had a heart heart problems. So there's and issues the other had that diabetes. yeah. So all right. Um, uh, so on on August twelfth. Oh my Min- god. Minnie Gibbs, Jane, and some of the cousins went on an excursion. Uh, Jane encouraged Minnie to drink some cocoa wine, laced with morphine. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> cocoa wine. 
Sounds it. delicious. We, we got to try that. Yeah, I've never had it. cocoa wine With the morphine. Where I'll you find it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what you... Morphine I want mine in... in <laughs> if, if you find it, I want mine in a suppository. <laughs> <laughs> so damn fun. Later that night, Jane injected her with some more morphine. In her as, as Winnie was slowly slipping into a coma, having trouble drinking the lace drink, Jane decided to go back to her roots. <laughs> she she bit <laughs> Roots. She she It's she, the way you tell the story that's so funny. Oh yeah, no, this is perfect. <laughs> Alright, let me continue. So she Let me keep What talking. roots are you talking she, about? So so she bent Winnie Minnie over <laughs> and decided to poison her rectally. Minnie Gibbs died on August 13th. With a smile on her face. And and in comes the doctor. And diagnosed <laughs> and diagnosed the death She's at, still not bent over. He didn't commit at that point. And diagnosed the death as exhaustion. <laughs> She's so tired. Oh man, Sherlock Holmes. Oh. oh my goodness. An old rover so of his own. <laughs> in comes 70-year-old captain, in quotes, because he's not a real captain. Um, captain Paul Gibbs, he was having lots of suspicions. <laughs> was he? He's not a real captain. Let's keep this in mind, though, because I think we're missing it. So 70-year-old, 70-year-old Paul Gibbs, okay. the husband of Minnie Gibbs, yeah. who was... 39 years old. Oh, oh yeah. We did miss that. Yeah. Pretty common in those days. We were just excited about I don't about the care if it's knife. common. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that's What do you the, mean you don't care? The tagline here, but okay. <laughs> um, so he noticed something bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> My wife was not exhausted. <laughs> no, really. That's, that's what he said. Like, yeah. his, his mini would never let exhaustion kill her. She yeah. would just pull, push through she that. She would just take a nap. Back in the day, people did die from exhaustion. So, um, but yeah, but he he kept telling people like his wife, you know, was stronger than that, and and there was no health issues that would result in that. Um, so after talking to some of the cousins, the cousins recounted every time Jane would come near to Minnie, Minnie would recoil and act uh, scared. Um, so this uh, started giving a theory that Jane m- might have been poisoned and actually the whole family been poisoned. After talking to Alden's doctor, and this is a different doctor. Um, Thank God. <laughs> we brought him a second opinion finally. No, but th- Here this, we go. This was um, Alden's doctor that he saw up in Boston, and this was before Alden came back home and where he then he got murdered. Um, so Captain... Gibbs there, he went to talk to Alden's doctor in Boston and explained the situation and the doctor was like dumbfounded. He was like, there's there's no way that Alden um, I forget what he got diagnosed with, but would have passed away like that. He, he He's suspecting poison as well. Um, so this certified uh, Mr. Gibbs there on um, his theory and re- he requested help from um, Lemuel Holmes, a Barnstable attorney 
to help dig up the truth. Here comes Sherlock, right? Exactly. Mr. Holmes. Everyone's named Holmes. He's going to dig up the truth. Mm -hmm. So immediately, Holmes... This is a real story, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) You mean he dug up the corpses, that's what you mean. He just made everything up. (laughs) Oh! Hey, I don't want your mineral water. (laughs) So immediately, Holmes requested the bodies of Minnie and Genevieve to be exhumed for toxicology. And uh, Mr. Gibbs there also hired Detective Patterson to follow Jane wherever she went. (laughs) Uh, So he followed her to the Toppin family estate in Lowell, Massachusetts, where Jane was then seeking Ormel Brigham. Remember, Ormel was the the husband of her uh, dead sister. Oh, Um, okay. Yep. And uh, so, you know, Jane always wanted her life plus her husband. So Jane was determined to win his love. Then tried poisoning him. <laughs> that was she, right. It's totally the way he tells the story. Like, <laughs> it's great. She tried. She tried. Po- so funny. She tried poisoning him so that he would just stay, um, and she could she could look after him. Yeah, he kept that's the, one way to do it. I mean, like now you can't get out of bed. Exactly. Yeah. It's the misery, right? Isn't yeah. that what yeah. 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 Stephen yeah. King? I mean, there was no like eHarmony back then. So oh. yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do? He kept dismissing her and demanded that she leave. Jane threatened to kill herself by overdosing on morphine. When that failed, she found herself in a hospital. Oh, so did she try to kill herself? Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. And meanwhile, during all this was happening, toxicology came back, and there were traces of morphine in Minnie's blood. On October 29th, four officers arrived and arrested Jane for murder. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Are you guys all picturing those two murder. puppets on the science fiction show? Yeah, I am. Doesn't Steve sound like that? Yes. <laughs> I don't Is know. that good or bad? I don't know what show you're talking about. Show. Oh, yeah. I'm so Googling it right now. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Keep going, Stevie. Keep yeah, going. Yeah, Steve, you're doing great, man. After convicting her for murder for the whole Davis family, her defense team decided to get her some mental health uh, testing, so they went to see a psychiatrist. Over time, she confessed to 11 other murders. Wow. Hmm. June 23rd of 1902, the jur- jury found Jane not guilty, not guilty, <laughs> um, but it was due to insanity. So uh-huh. they found her not guilty because of insanity. I don't understand that, but... Um, there was so, some reluctance in those days, I think, to there prosecute was, like, women, right? Yeah, it was, there was definitely, it was different, like, because Charles Gitto, the person who shot Garfield, you could really make an argument was insane. Um, but, um, you know, most women, you know, that were found not guilty for that reason didn't necessarily meet the definition of legal definition, at least, no, of insanity. Um, but when you think about, you know, just the... The idea that, like, women, you know, if a woman did kill somebody, she must be insane. It was mm-hmm. kind of like that yeah. uh, automatic idea. Oh, uh, okay. So. That makes sense. Unlike today, which she's just a woman. Anyway. She was sentenced to lifetime at the Taunton State Hospital. God. Uh, so this is a mental institution. Years at Taunton, she would often suspect nurses um, they were trying to poison her. Pretty, pretty ironic. Um, Protection. Unlike, unlike her victims, Jane lived to the ripe old age of 84. Wow. Um, having died in uh, 1938. 
Wow. And uh, all the staff in the hospital, however, were all dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, during the whole uh, the, the court case and, you know, her talking to her lawyers and stuff, so after she after this verdict and she was in Taunton, the, um, the legal team, you know, they were purviewed to tons of informa- information from Jane herself, including uh, confirmation that she killed, like, 31 total people and possibly hundreds more. Um, so they went and started exhuming um, other bodies to find, um, you know, that they were poisoned and stuff. Wow. wow. One of the famous quotes from Jane um, reads like this. It would be... S- it would be safe to say that I killed at least 100 persons. Her reason for killing so many of her patients was that she did it for just the fun of it. Mm-hmm. And she, had, like I said before, she has no remorse, no empathy for anybody. Wow. Wow. And that's the end of the story. See, thank you so much for this. I'm so aroused. <laughs> Um, they're not puppets, I, they're robots, by the way. The mystery. Oh, mystery science. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When they talk at the screen, right? Come on. This is so. <laughs> the whole time I kept picturing them. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good show. Robots, not puppets. Sorry, guys. Yeah, that's what I was going to All right. What's. Uh, oh, Lord. Dad's next week. What are you, What story are you telling next week, We're Dad? We're going to talk about the, the Austin, Texas a sniper from the. From the, the University of Texas. Texas yes, University of oh, Texas Tower. It's funny because Joe's going to take. Uh, we are. We're going on a college there. tour there in just a couple weeks. Yeah. yeah so. All kinds of weirdness. Cool. Um, yeah. So I'm about halfway through the narrative, and I've got most of the research done. So we'll see how it comes out. And by the way, I don't want to be interrupted. <laughs> no, I, I realize that. We yeah. know. That, that would trigger you, Sophie. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna it's it's gonna be winter next week. <laughs> All right, sounds okay. good. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to us on this episode of Cocktails, Mocktails, and Crime. Be sure to subscribe in your favorite app so you don't miss an episode. You can also send us an email to cocktailsmocktailsandcrime at gmail.com. Or follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Cocktails, Mocktails, and Crime. Or Twitter at CMCrime1. See you all next week.